Did you get logged in? Reset the password. That's like a daily occurrence nowadays with something somewhere. It's like, we've changed our password protocol. Please uh, enter blah, 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 blah. Come on. Dude, I was was signing up for like a... Just to be able to view my water bills online, <laughs> I've I've never switched over to online for them. I've always just done it through the mail. And it's like, please enter your account number. And I enter my account number right off the mm-hmm. bill. And it says, account numbers are only 10 digits long. And I'm like, uh, mine's 11. Like, <laughs> it just it just is. Like, I'm using your freaking account <laughs> number. Yeah. <laughs> and it's putting this... <laughs> so weird. Oh man, it's like, uh, what system are you using? The one that you set up, or I, gosh, it wasn't even my password. Anyway, so I type in the password because I had typed in a password. They were like, password not accepted. And so I'm like, okay, fine. What password? So, okay, uh, clearly I forgot the password. So, and then when I go in there, they're like, you're attempting to reset your password with your old password. If I'm attempting to reuse my old password, well, then why didn't you let me log in with it? It's their, it's their obfuscated way of saying, you need a new password. Instead, they're like, we're just not going to let them in, but we're going to make them reset I it. I mean, it met, it met all of their criteria. It had um, special characters. It had numbers. It was X amount of characters long. It had capital letters. It had their mom's name and address. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> What's the first concert you attended? <laughs> What's your favorite ice cream? Oh, the three security questions, man. I hate so those. what is the first concert that you ever attended? Beastie Boys. Uh, oh, no, no. I've given away my security question uh, uh, answer. Crap. Wait, hold on. <laughs> and, sorry, what was it, your last four again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. What was your mother's name? I can name get name? a really nice American Express card. I'm just this. looking to find out more about your origin, yeah. man. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Was BC Boys really your first one? The one first one that I paid for to go oh, to myself. Oh, yeah. see, that's different. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly can't remember specifically like a a concert that was like a headlining kind of a band before that. Uh, so that that's the farthest back I can go. I'm, I'm sure that my parents took me to like musical performances and stuff. I, like I remember like sitting on a lawn in Truckee listening to bands play, but I couldn't tell you who they were or anything like that. So I, I, I go with Beastie Boys. So the first one that I ever, the first one that kind of meets the criteria of being out on my own and all this other stuff was mm-hmm. me being dragged to a concert at Lowry Park Zoo in Tampa by a bunch of my friends. And yeah, I, not sure i want to admit to um who it was you see debbie gibson or tiffany debbie gibson (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it really was debbie gibson as soon as you said zoo i was like it has to be some like teeny if i would have said if you would have said like mall you know but yes (laughs) because that was the video i believe (laughs) it was still it was still a free concert but it was at the zoo and it was a Dude, much. I have an amazing power of deduction here. That was awesome. <laughs> that was actually so proud of myself damn good, right now. Yeah. I, I like that. That was really damn good. Uh, also, that was like a a pop culture poll actually, because it was just like because it wasn't going to be the Eagles. You know, it wasn't going <laughs> to. First one that I ever paid for myself was U two Joshua Tree. Wow, that's awesome. 
Yeah. See, I was going to ask you, like, what was the first one you wanted to yeah. go to? <laughs> you too, Joshua Tree. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. I've been to a lot of U2 so concerts, but not I'm not that old school. I mean, just like that's that would oh, have been. It was, it was fantastic. And I, and I and I have been to, I would say that the band that I have seen the most live is U2. Yeah, And the Zoo TV tour, did you see that one? Nope. So that one I saw in Birmingham, Alabama. And um, NWA opened for them. Yes, it was such a YouTube thing to do. And it was amazing. And out of the rafters, and remember now, this is Birmingham, Alabama. Out of the yeah. rafters comes a figure clansman on a noose out of the rafters. It was. Wow. I, I mean, I was like amazed and just like, and then it was such a weird mixed reaction from the crowd because because yeah, of, i bet oh my know. gosh what a what a situation to be in all of a sudden like yeah. you you didn't know that was coming yeah. and and i bet it made a lot of people really uncomfortable uh, but that yeah. was the exactly whole point. exactly right. i'm like yeah um, it was incredible that's one thing i always enjoyed about you two shows was it wasn't just it wasn't just a musical performance it was uh it was like social commentary political commentary mm-hmm. It felt like going to church, and it felt like going to a rock concert, all in the same. You know, and it at the same especially time. since like even even all the way back to the Joshua Tree concert, which I really am struggling to remember who their opening act was. But you know, all the subsequent ones were had some form of like social commentary for all of the opening acts yeah, as well, yeah. and it was it was pretty amazing actually. You could probably go on their website and find out. I bet you all that stuff is oh, archived sure. by date, date and location, and album, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah man, that's cool. I'm, I'm trying to think of who. I don't think that any of their opening acts that I've seen were that cool. I mean, I have seen. Uh, <laughs> I think no doubt open for them once down no here, way. which was pretty cool. And then they had um, the Black Eyed Peas at the Rose Bowl here. Hmm. But with special guest Slash. Oh, wow. And Fergie and the band uh, Black Eyed Peas with Slash did Sweet Child of Mine. And she did the whole on Axl Rose dance and everything. And it was awesome. It was really good. It actually sounds pretty damn cool. (laughs) It was really cool. Probably one of the worst opening acts was Lenny Kravitz concert and they had Smash Mouth. And let me just tell you. If Smash Mouth sounds bad on the radio, they sound worse live. It was, uh, it was, that was pretty, it was horrifying. My wife. I bet. I bet. My wife and I were just like, we just, you know, MST 3King it throughout their whole concert. Yeah, it's like I bet. I mocking bet. the crap out of them. I went to a, a punk rock show with friend of the show, Brett Levitt, and uh, the opening act was Bad Religion. That's the op- that was, was the opening act? decades oh. older, yes, than the than the the, the headliner, and uh, it was just that was that was really great. And another epic opening act was I went to see the Police play at Dodger Stadium, and the opening act was the Foo Fighters. Wow, nice! Yeah, that was that was a great one. Which that is, was like basically which is turned fun- into a double which, header. You know, to be quite honest with you, it's funny because now you know. I mean, the police, sorry, I don't have any love for them, so would be like the 
what? you know, janky opening act for the Foo Fighters. <laughs> like, uh Well, no, I mean, this was that, that this wasn't that long ago. This was probably twelve years ago, maybe. So it was like a you know a reunion show for the Police, and uh, but just to have the have the Foo Fighters there was epic. So good. I've seen several Foo Fighter shows as well, and uh, always an amazing show. I, there was one where Dave Grohl had broken his leg. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and he kind of frontlined from a throne of sorts. I I, I saw. I saw. <laughs> I've, you've never of seen that. anyone rock so hard sitting down. It, I I saw the videos of that, and it was amazing. I mean, you know, you you got to hand it to the dude. I mean, he puts oh, his totally. All in. Yep, sitting down or standing up. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's amazing yeah you sh- you sh- he still showed up man like big time yeah, actually I'll, so good i'll tell you what was the the concert that was the most one of the most recent concerts i saw a uh a smaller concert which i i can't remember it was all it was it was there was this one where it was like punk rock with banjos and it was okay it was actually amazing i i i was actually floored i, I like didn't bluegrass Bluegrass punk rock, kinda, yeah. But I mean, it was it was even, but it wasn't quite bluegrassy. It was definitely punk. Um, That's awesome. But like this, the summer before was the Neverending Summer tour with Offspring and Three Eleven, and mm. surprisingly enough, them old codges can still rock pretty damn yeah. well. I mean, it's in the DNA, man. It's it's oh, not yeah. a it's not an age yeah. thing, that's for sure. No, no. I mean, hell, I've seen like the Dead Kennedys. That's what us old people want to think, at least. No, the Dead <laughs> Dead Kennedys was you know they were still pretty damn amazing, and they're in their mid. You know, when I saw them a few years back, they were in their mid fifties at the time, and they're still rocking. Yeah, probably the one awesome. that hurt me the most, just kind of like seeing because back in like I don't know eighty eight or nine i saw the pogues in germany and then i saw them a few years ago and they're you know their lead singer which uh, mm-hmm. why am i blanking on his name anyway he he barely could get through like two to three songs before he would have to like leave the stage probably get you know shot up with some kind of adrenaline or something or a drink or whatever he had a drink in his hand a cigarette in his other hand and it looked like he was just barely hanging on. Life has and been hard. Just, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen him before. He's got like, like Well, it's like it's like Keith Richards, right? It's like how are you still alive even? Right. Oh my god, yeah. Shane McGowan. Um but Shane McGowan, he so he's like I don't know if you know anything about him, but he when he kind of like left the band, well, was fired from the band because of his uh excessive drug use. Mm. He's got no teeth left because they've completely rotted mm. out of his his mm. face and nice yeah it's nice. just it's not good but it's funny how, <laughs> how band members get kicked out because of that at one point but then but then it's like we'll look the other way now that we need money later <laughs> let's get the band back together hilarious that one of the web searches or one of the google searches for shane mcgowan is what happened to shane mcgowan's teeth <laughs> oh man <laughs> that's not the search that i ever want to see for myself that yeah oh, no. take care of your teeth kids exactly did go to the dentist not today you. did you yeah speaking <laughs> of actually speaking of changing the subject here yeah. got <laughs> dude got reasonable thumbs up that's good yeah <laughs> that's good good bit of news no no shame a gallon here 
That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Not the role model you want to follow. No, no. Oh, man. It makes me think of, like, what what makes acts or concerts or, you know, things that you go to do memorable, you know? And definitely some concerts that stand out more than others. And I, I, don't, I doubt that it's ever really the space that you're in, you know, architecturally speaking. Well, it's more of the connection that you have with the band. I, the space lends itself. I mean, that's one of the things I love about going to a U2 show, right? Yeah. Is that they, they make use of it's a spectacle. the space yeah. and it becomes a theater of sorts, you know, in the round and they put the stage in a place that's unexpected and they perform to a 360 degree audience instead of being on one edge of a room. And there's, right. there's things like that about performance art and, and space that do work together for sure. I'm just trying to think like, I, I feel like it's, you know, when, when it's a U2 show and the streets have no name comes up and there's uh, these giant video screens of mm-hmm. names of people who were lost during nine 11 scrolling down the screen and endlessly. Right. And right. it's just this, it hits you so hard that you won't forget that. You know, I think that, you know, we've talked about stuff like that with, with buildings that sit you down and make you say, whoa, uh, what, what turns people in, what turns people like us into architects? You know? Right. Right. Well, I mean, they definitely are placemaking when they put on a concert, but then it travels, right? It like, it goes to all of the arenas. It's right. so interesting. It's such an interesting thing to think of because even today I was listening in on a, a clubhouse call. I don't know what you call them, a clubhouse. Yeah. Like I just, it's just a clubhouse and it was about, you know, first floor kind of retail space and, and how it is transforming and needs to transform via zoning and, and all of the constraints that are placed upon kind of the new, the new needs of people and, and community spaces and things like that. And what it, it, there was a kind of this plea from a, a developer type at the end. And it was just like, you know, this is, this is a great conversation to have. We really need to create spaces that lots of different typologies can just plug into yeah, and plug out of, right? I don't know, unplug from, I should say. And so it's like flexibility, right? And that's, that's I mean, we, this theme keeps coming up in so many space types that we talk about, like schools and healthcare and, you know, the need of um, these giant waves of, of, you know, change that come yeah. and just it's it's interesting to me to think about and and then now now there's concerts right where it's like it's this big piece of infrastructure that you do whatever you want within like it that usually what we're talking about here is like a sports venue right that gets turned into a concert hall of sorts Mm -hmm. and acoustically is it right no can they make it right pretty they can do a pretty good job right lighting graphics displays video engaging things and and it kind of comes back to just having a completely flexible space type yeah that can be used for so many different things that's really interesting because i think when we go to architecture school everything is so specific and so tailored to the use of the program that it was designed for in the from the beginning whereas what we're talking about is something that can accommodate anything yeah yeah and in some cases it's there if you look at and, you know, most people cringe when they hear, like, you know, new urbanist developments and things like that. But, you know. They've already cringed because of our taste in music. So it's, oh, it's probably keeping, the, keeping it going. 
But I mean, when I was working in some of the new urbanist developments in North Florida, you know, around Seaside, Rosemary Beach, Alice Beach, and all those other ones, I mean, they really stressed the use of the building type, you know, the live work building type. And, mm-hmm. you know, where mm-hmm. it was the, it could either be owned, you know, like the whole building could be owned by one person and they could lease it out to, you know, somebody who wants to use it, or it could be like their own, you know, business or whatever. But I mean, it was, you know, to watch them evolve as these little towns evolved from just the little touristy traps to actually having, you know, people who actually live there year round and stuff. It was interesting to kind of like watch the way that they, you know, that they use these spaces and that, you know, a lot of times there would be a space that at one point in time was like this corner uh, Starbucks that then turned into a community space. And it was mm-hmm. kind of interesting because they started to see the needs of the community change when there actually was a community there versus, you know, I mean, if you're, you know, most of these were originally designed as, you know, kind of like second homes or vacation homes or things like that, that people would come down to and they would need like all of the different things that cater to, you know, the touristy side of things. And, mm. and, and it really was something really kind of interesting to see the evolution of it you know once it became an actual town you know it's not a hundred percent but i mean you know you you do start they started to identify the needs of public spaces and community spaces i have a friend actually who you know kind of going back to the concert thing uh, i have a friend who has an architecture firm down in st petersburg who one of his so he's you know got a a more traditional architecture practice he has a construction side but he also has an entertainment design and he's been in, you know, he's, he's done Coachella's he's done, you know, large uh, like music venues and things like that. I mean, it's amazing what he does and it, and it, and it really is an interesting like architectural take on yeah. the, the music experience and the music going experience. Yep. Well, it's interesting because it's about a community. It's not necessarily about just the function, right. And just the, aesthetics or the experience it's about this especially with a festival right it's all about creating a community because you've got this big food aspect to it and you've got this big obviously everybody's there for you know because of a a shared interest right Right. and so that's that's the basis of the community but then there's these add-on pieces to that uh, like the food aspect and the merch aspect and the you know just taking photos and um there used to be like passing out stickers and passing out CDs and, you know, all this kind of stuff that kind of revolves around the music. It's really interesting. And like uh, thinking about it holistically rather than just purely based on the, the functional use of the, of the venue or the space. Right. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, there's a, the Coachella festivals out here and I, I know several people who work with those companies to make it what it is or what it was, I should say for now. And, and, kind of what goes into creating a festival that is going to most definitely be different or have aspects of it that are different every year, even though it's in the same location, it's at the the polo fields out there in Indio. Um, and it's going to have, you know, they're going to, they, they have to host a different number of people. Um, they're selling tickets differently. They split it up into multiple weekends instead of one weekend. And you, you know, there, there's so many kind of moving parts to that even though it's similar each time it's most definitely different too it's such an interesting problem set the way that 
these events are designed. There's and there's there's so much that goes into that. That's way beyond the facility, right? It's it's the graphic, it's the marketing, it's the uh, the ticketing, it's the logistics of all of the the parts that come in for that time. And yeah, it's pretty incredible, pretty incredible feat to pull off over and over again every year. And then you think about like a concert, like a U2 concert that's going to be in San Diego one weekend and LA in the next weekend and Bakersfield the next weekend and Fresno the next weekend. And they're just going to move their way up and across the country and they're going to try to replicate in a different facility as close as they can, short of the set list, right, <laughs> to create an experience that is shared between all of these different places over time right. and, and create some consistency to kind of... Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. So, Debbie Gibson. Hmm. Do you feel good about that, or you know, <laughs> no, you didn't really. I, I I had no say. I'm not laughing at you. Oh, I'm laughing, I'm laughing at me. I'm laughing next to you. La- I'm laughing next to you, but at you. Well, Beastie Boys for me, and uh, I want to say it was Check Your Head album, so pretty pretty old school. And uh, Outdoor, it was called Verizon Amphitheater at the time, now it's like Irvine something. And um, very great concert. Um, I've been to several Beastie Boys concerts, and uh, each one was was amazing. So good stuff. And now like they've got that documentary on uh, Netflix. No, it's on Apple TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, Apple TV. It's so good. It's so good. 